Good morning. How are we doing out there? Can you guys hear me okay? All right. I can hear you too, so that's good. We're off to a good start. Well, I just want to welcome everybody back inside today. You look amazing. You guys did sound amazing. I said, you guys, I was over in my corner just, you know, worshiping God with my voice the best I could. But it was really great. Isn't it something when we come together and you hear those voices gathered, you know, as we're gathered together, raising our voices, worshiping God together. I don't know about you, but it's just a huge encouragement to me. And it's just, it's like kind of just food for the soul, right? It's just good for us. And so um, when Pastor Tony mentioned uh, that I'll be preaching on, you know, why we gather. And I, I was a little concerned because, you know, I know some of you might have a problem with hoarding or gathering things, and I didn't want you to think that this was going to be a message justifying. Those of you that like to kind of see people doing this, right? So we can, we can save that for another time, but it is not that, that type of gathering. Uh, it will be uh, us gathering together as a, a body of Christ. Uh, as you know, we are in a series here called Back to the Start. If you didn't get the, the memo, it's right there. Um, and it, even in the countdown, too, I was wondering, like, are people were thinking, is this like one of those, those things on the menus, or, you know, at the, sto- the restaurants where we look at it? And no, it's, it's like a maze. So in case you were wondering, it's not no subliminal messages there. It's part of our, our sermon series called Back to the Start. And we are, what we're doing is we're going back to look at kind of the reason we do some things we do. And for those of you who've been here the last couple of weeks, you know, I've touched on it. It's sometimes we can get into these modes of doing things where we kind of forget the, the essence or the, the reason why we began doing it in the first place. And so, you know, going back and just taking some of these major uh, key things about the church, about what we do when we gather together or when we uh, just doing life as, a, as the church. And so today we're going to talk about this, this idea or, or the reason why we gather. We're all gathered here today for a reason. And we're going to just kind of dig, dig into that a bit and, and go back a bit. And so um, how many here have family reunions or have been to a family reunion? Anybody? Okay. Anybody like real big families? A few, yep. And then how many do have to do both sides, right? You got, if it's husband and wife, you got to go to this one, and you got to go to that one, or, or whatever. You know, I, I hate to say, like, well, growing up, my, my mom and dad's family, they were so far apart. We had moved, or my parents had moved kind of far away. Um, my mom's family's from upstate New York. And so, um, how do I say this gingerly? It's just some interesting people, I'll just put it that way, that live in the mountains. Um, and that's kind of my heritage. Um, so if I'm a little interesting and times are a little off, you know, it's, it's okay. It's just, it's part of my, where I come from. But it was always interesting, especially as a child, because we would go, you know, to these reunions. And my mom came from a family of eight siblings. Um, like my aunts, you know, it was a very musical family. Most of my aunts could play like the banjo and stuff like that. And so we'd get together and it would be a whole, you know, like get down, hoe down, whatever it's called, you know, up in the mountains. Uh, but amazing, like really good, really talented. But you would always, uh, as a kid anyway, and I always was intrigued by some of the people I would meet. Now, I, I know, again, not all of you are from up in the mountains, but... I don't think anybody can see you on camera. You can just kind of go like this. Has anybody had that experience when you go to those reunions and you're like, where did this person come from? <laughs> like, did they just come in off the street? Or, okay, yep, some of you are holding it high and proud, right? You're like, yeah, we got some of those in our family. But yeah, it's really interesting, right? Because you, get, you gather together, and especially for, for those who are really good and do it every year, yet it's amazing how 
new people kind of float in, right? Like you never had a clue like this person and, and, and you know, maybe your, your parents or, or somebody else, an uncle will say, oh, well, that's so-and-so, you know, they're, they're my sister's uncle's brother's mom's, you know, cousin on the third side of the moon or whatever. And, you know, they're somehow connected there and they came for the free meal and whatever else was being handed out. But, but, but they're family, right? They're family. And so the idea is, though, is, is when we gather together, and that's why we do and have reunions as families, is because we want to know. We want to know who, who, kind of who we belong to, right? Our, our people are, are, you know, and this, and it's important. And it's, it's always interesting, you know, typically, maybe, yeah, I think for most, when reunions happen, what's the one big thing, like the big thing that you make sure you do is what? Is, is you get that picture, right? You get that photo because you want to you document, this is, this is, these are my people. These, this is my family, and this is who I belong to. And so, Taking that kind of uh, thought or that kind of image in your mind, minus maybe the, the strange people, but, um, you know, if we bring that over to our church world, right? And, you know, when we gather together as a church, and I don't know that this was, I mean, it was an issue before, but I think since COVID and since the shutdown and since being, not being able to gather in person and trying to figure out and becoming creative and how do we do this and how do we make this work, it's become a much higher uh, kind of item hasn't it on our list of, of gathering together and you know when we started with this um, we didn't have this church did not have the cameras and the equipment and the technology at the time and so you know this is one thing I'm thankful for our, our group of elders we saw that this needed to get put in place so that we could stay connected right and if you remember um, I remember very vividly sitting in this very empty room in front of a camera with about two other people talking to many of you who I didn't even know at the time and it was just such a strange thing. But what was amazing is just there was this need to be connected to the community and to the body of Christ, even if it was through that, that means. And we still today, we're still online, and we have an online audience that is, is joining us today, and we want to welcome all of you as well. But it's about being connected. It's about what, it's, there's an importance. And so we want to look at that today because, you know, what is, what is the importance or significance of gathering does gathering online, does that count as gathering? You know, there's, there's these questions. And as we've moved through this time, you know, we want to kind of just drill down on, on some of these things. Now, before I jump in to the, to the, the sermon here, I just want to say this. Like, I, I don't want this to come across today. Um, and I'm going to do my best to articulate it, but I'm a human being just like you, and maybe it doesn't come out quite right. But it's, this is not a criticism for people that choose to watch online. But we need to be reminded, like, we need to always be longing to be gathered together. We always need to be longing to be with one another as a body of Christ. And so, again, that for, for, for some and for people, maybe people are checking it out or maybe people just aren't comfortable yet coming back or whatever it is. My concern and, and what I want to convey today is just the, to, to make sure we put a priority on making sure we find our way home at some point, right? Because it's important. It's important. You know, as, as best as we have, the best technology that we have, we can't convey that feeling you felt when we were singing today and you could hear each other's voices. It's very hard to get that across in an online uh, platform. You know, we, we do our best with the sound and everything, but still just feeling sitting here together, singing together, it's important. And so we always want to be longing to be in that setting. Again, how many people like to eat? Don't, okay, I'll say don't answer that, but yeah, I know. 
But, um, you know, going to a restaurant, and, and one of the things that we have to watch here in the church is, is when we go to a restaurant, we go there and we expect to, we're going to pay money, and we're expecting to what? Be served, right? And if their service is not of a standard that we like, we, we can let that person know, you know, if you leave that penny tip on the table or whatever. I hope you don't do that. I, know, I knew somebody at one point, they, um, they would stack a stack of dollar bills on the end of the table, and they would tell the waiter or waitress, this is all yours unless you make a mistake. And every time you do, I'm going to take one of these off. It wasn't me, just so you know. Um, I promise. Yeah, and I mean, can you imagine that? Like, no pressure, right, on the, the waiter or waitress. And then especially when you do that thing wrong and they're just like, just take it, you know? But that's okay. Now, that part's not okay. But it's okay when you go to a restaurant to understand, hey, we're looking for service here. You see where I'm going, maybe? The danger in the church is that, what do we do? We, do we give? We do give. But we give because we're told to give, and we give as a, a form of worship to God. Is hey, you've blessed me with the air in my lungs, the strength to do what I do, the, the, the knowledge to do and accomplish what I do, so we wanna, I want to give back. But if we're not careful, we can slip into this serve me mindset, can't we? You know, well, I, I dropped my money in the box, so now you better do this, this, and this, or... I'm going to go somewhere, or I'm going to, right? Just keep looking at me. Keep looking at me. All right? We don't want to be that. We, we, we are a church, and, but as, even as Americans, I'm an American, so I, I can say this. As Americans, if we're not careful, we get into this, this me and I mindset, don't we? I do. Let me just talk about myself. I get into that, <laughs> and I want things my way, you know? If you remember Burger King's old you know, thing, you know, make it, I want it my way, you know, your way, right away, whatever it was. And that's kind of our mindset we can get into because we want it how we want it. We want the temperature to be the way we want it. We want the music to be the way we want it. We want the, the minister to go exactly the amount of time that we want. You know, it's, it's, it, we can fall into that. I can fall into that. Not you. I can. And we just got to watch that because it's just so ingrained in us. It's ingrained in our culture because we are a comfort culture. Most things in our life, we can, we can, we can uh, address and, and make the way we want it, right? If it's too hot, we can turn the air on and make it cooler. If it's too cold, we can usually turn the heat on and make it warmer. You know, if, if, if we want a, a nice ride or if we don't like the radio station, we can change it. You know, we can do what we, there's so many options in our day that we can, we can uh, uh, tailor to our delight. And so, I just want to, again, we're painting this picture because I want you just to pause for a minute because I don't want you to miss what we're going to talk about today, what we're going to get into because we can just so quickly just check out like, no, I'm good. I understand. We get together in a group. It's good. I'm good with that. No, it's deeper than that. And so as we approach the scripture today and as you approach scripture anytime, you need to remember that the setting when scripture was written in, in that culture, it was a very communal culture. You know, you lived with everybody. You talk about family, like that, those reunions I was talking about earlier. You want to talk about that, that was your everyday life. That strange person, you did life with them, whether you liked it or not. You know, that was, you saw each other all the time. And um, having lived over, you know, in the Middle East, I got to sort of see and experience some of that. You know, on Fridays, the whole family gets together. I mean, there's no, and it's the whole family. It's, it's, it's a communal culture. It's, it's built around that family, uh, not just the, the nuclear family, but the extended family. 
And you, you are expected and you do life together. And so when we come to Scripture and when we're going to read today uh, from Hebrews, I want you to understand that it's written in that context of understanding. It's, it's a very different culture. Now, some of you who come from that side of the world, you know, and, and many of the cultures over there, you, you kind of get that. You understand that a bit. But for us who have been born here and grew up here in America, we are a very independent culture. A lot of times we can just kind of almost do life. Like, I, again, I grew up very disconnected, not in a bad way necessarily, but from my grandparents and things. I saw them once a year at best, maybe. You know, we, we just didn't have, we didn't grow up side by side because of distance. So uh, we're going to begin today in Hebrews chapter 10. And as we prepare to read this scripture, again, just, just keep these, these, these things in mind and, and approach it, try to approach it the best you can with that understanding of this is a very communal culture. So Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25, it says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place, places by the blood of Jesus, again, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Hebrews here, by the new and living way that he opened for us, through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart a full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And this is just the lead up, but this is, that's something to really just be reminded of, or we should be reminded of today and just how awesome that is, that we have that ability that we can come in to the presence of God because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Uh, continuing in verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider, now catch this, catch this here, how to stir up what? One another to love and good words, works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging, go ahead, yep, there we go, all right, encouraging one another, it's okay, you can talk here, it's, it's fine, um, it, encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near, again, that's the day of the Lord's return, so let's, let's open in prayer here, and we'll jump in. Father God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for this opportunity, Father, to, again, to share your word, to, to, for us just to stop and to really drill into this idea and this thought of what it is to gather together and what it means, Father. And Lord, I thank you that you promised by your word that you are present with us today as we've gathered in this place. And so, God, please take this uh, time, open our hearts, and Lord, let us hear your word, Father God, apply it to our lives, and then go out and do it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so here we see this phrase, and that's what I was trying to get you to repeat, uh, is, is this one another, all right? And it comes from the, the word alien, and it's used 100 times in 94 New Testament verses, okay? So can I just give you a clue? If it's, if it's stated 100 times in all those verses, it's pretty significant. We can agree on that, right? So it's 100 times, and 47 verses provide instruction to the church. So 60% of these um, these, these times that when it says one another, it's, it's by the Apostle Paul writing to churches and, and, and addressing just church life, if you will. And so that's important, and, and it, it holds with it this idea of unity, of unity. Why are we gathered here today? Is it because we can't stand each other and we don't want to see anybody in this room? Did you come skipping in this morning? No, we're gathered because 
there is something that brings us together, right? There is something that unifies, unifies us. And if you look around the room, there are different colors. There are men, there are women, there are children, um, just different, different people from different places in the world and, and different places in life. But we're gathered together today, aren't we? We're gathered together for a reason, and we're gathered together, why? Because of Jesus Christ. And so we gather in this place. I've, I've mentioned this before, but there's this old proverb, and it says this, when you run alone, you run fast, but when you run together, you run far. And how many of us here today probably wouldn't be, maybe, maybe we would, because, of God is, because God is faithful, but I think many of us, if you've gone through any struggle or any, any trial while being in this church, you probably appreciate the brothers and sisters that are present in this room that came alongside of you, that journeyed with you, that supported you. Because again, we are made, we are, we are designed as a body to walk together, to, to, to gather together, to be together. You see, the early Hebrew Christians are struggling when this was written. They, they're struggling and feeling discouraged at times. And they were, let, check this out, they were being like what Pastor Tony prayed about the church, you know, over, overseas and, and, and the persecuted church. They were being persecuted and, and to some point death, some of them. Today, right now, there are people dying in the world just for the simple fact that they profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, I don't want to lessen what we face <laughs> But these people, you know, and, and it, it, I, I think it's a healthy anger. <laughs> it angers me when sometimes I hear people, and I, I, again, I'm not taking away from what you're going through, what we're going through, or the struggles or trials we have. But listen, you know, the end times for some people are not far away. You know, over here in the States, we'll, we'll put up big posters and all the, here's the chart of how it's all going to work and everything. But there are people today that are living revelation right now. <laughs> They wake up every morning, not sure if today is going to be their last day on this earth. And, and again, I say this as somebody who learned this because I went overseas as an American being brought up. And, and I read the Bible as an American and just from a very limited perspective. But when I got overseas and I saw and I began to learn about what people go through and the struggles they have and the persecution they face just for being Christian, I was suddenly became aware that, wow, <laughs> I need to open my eyes. I need God to open my eyes that there's a much bigger picture. And so, again, understanding in the context of this verse and, and, and these verses here that there is a tremendous persecution. Yet it says, again, Paul is saying, let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. Again, imagine under persecution, he is still challenging them to be stirred to love and good works. What's he saying? Don't become bitter. Don't become like the world, but we are called to walk as Christ walked in love and in good works. And he says, again, not neglecting to meet together. A lot of the persecution takes place in the world. Why? Because those people could choose to stay held up in their house and just say, I'm going to be under the radar kind of Christian. But there is such a value placed on gathering with one another to pray for one another, to be encouraged, to, to lift each other up, to worship God together. And I want you to stop just for a minute. And if you can just use your imagination for a moment and put yourself in that position. And if you're thinking right and you're asking the question and you come to the conclusion that I'm coming to right now is, why in the world or what is it that drives them to risk their lives just to meet with other Christian believers, with other Christians, with other brothers and sisters in Christ? There must be a weight or a need 
that is far greater to be met through gathering together with the risk of being found out and possibly killed that makes it worth it, right? We can, church, we can, we can just so, I mean, I think Luke mentioned it today when we came inside, like, we are, to be meeting in here, look at this space right now. You know, we didn't have to come under the cover of darkness here. We didn't have to, like, watch and make sure we weren't followed. We didn't have to come in by, by pairs, you know, and, and spread out and stagger our time of arrival. We just walk in, hey, I'm going to church. You know, maybe you go into the donut shop. Hey, buddy, you want to go to church with me? You know, and the worst thing we're going to get is, now I'm not interested. Oh, you're crazy, or they laugh at you, right? And then we go cry ourselves to sleep at night, right? Just understand the persecution that's taking place here. And, and here Paul is stirring up one another, gathering together. And, and he says, as is the habit, of, or not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. But he says, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. So again, there's something he's contrasting again. This, this, you know, not gathering versus gathering. He's contrasting not encouraging. So we, it's hard to encourage one another when we're not together. That's the truth. Now, I'm, those of you, again, I get it. I get it. Well, I can call. Yes, you can. I can FaceTime now. And that's Zoom. We're all, we didn't, nobody knew what Zoom was before. Now we all can Zoom. And those are good things. Don't, don't get me wrong. But there's nothing that speaks to the, like, the depths of our soul when a face shows up at our door or, or somebody makes the time to meet with us and says, I, I just want to sit with you for a minute and I want you to know that I love you and I care about you. And I want to I stir up your soul. I want to kind of blow wind into the sails. I want to be there for you and bring comfort. And that happens through our gathering together. So what does the New Testament say about church gathering? The word in the Greek translation of the Old Testament for assembly is ecclesia, ecclesia, okay? And it is the same word the New Testament writers use to refer to the local church, okay? That's a pretty significant statement, all right? So the, the very thing that they called and is defined as gathering is now the word that is kind of applied to and, and used to refer to the church, and I want you to think of that for just a minute. All right, we're going to, I know you want to go deeper and we're going to. All right. So it means gathering. And when using this term about the church, uh, it, it always carried with it the image of God's chosen people together. All right. And so what, what, we're, what we're getting at here is, is it's not, maybe it's not a, a, a structure, right? Maybe there's more to it. It's, it's almost like an action or, or something is going on. Um, in, in 1 Corinthians, you know, Paul uses phrases like when you meet together or when you come together as a church. So gathering as a church is a very specific, is a very distinct event. And in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 19, it says this. Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So you hear kind of these passages, you see these phrases being used in church or when you gather as a church. And so we can see very clearly, again, that it is not a building that he's talking about, is it? It's not a building. 
And I, I don't expect you to, because I say it too, <laughs> I don't expect you to change all your vocabulary up, but you know, we always say, you know, where did you go this morning? Somebody, I hope you know where you're at. It's church, all right? You guys are like, I'm scared now to say anything. It's okay. It's okay. Um, no, when we get up, you know, we're, if, you know, we're going to church. We are going to church. And anybody that drives by here, oh, that's the church, right? <laughs> this, is, this is fun. I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I am. <laughs> You guys are going to be sitting later and you're just at home. You'll be like, wow, I get what he's saying now. <laughs> so just stay with it. So again, it's, it's, it's not a building, but what it is, it's, it's our gathering, right? It's, it's our gathering or, I'm not trying to split hairs, or when we gather. When we gather. We... If you guys have been around the last few weeks, last few months, we, we've been meeting outside here, right? Were we gathered in this building? No. We were gathered right out here. Were we the church? Yes. Yeah. Now, standing up here by myself, you guys didn't know you're getting quizzes. Sorry. Am I the church right here? Sorry, I didn't mean to trick you. I'm not, because I'm by my, if I'm by myself, I should say, let me, let me preface that. Am I the church by myself? I'm not. The church happens when we gather together. So wherever it is that you gather as a, a group, we can take this group, and that's kind of, if you caught those phrases when, when COVID first started and the shutdowns were happening, you know, there was that, that thing that said, the church has left the building. And it's, it was, it's true, right? I mean, in the sense of we, we are the church. Wherever we choose to gather, we are the church. We, our gathering makes us the church when we gather together. And so, again, understanding that. And if you, if you get that and you get it past here and kind of get it down in you, it really changes kind of how things are, right? It doesn't matter where we gather. Again, this could all be who knows what is in the future for churches, but I promise you this, if for some reason the worst should happen and we, are, we can no longer meet in this place, I will send you the coordinates of a field <laughs> or a home and we will gather together and once again we will be the church. You see it throughout scripture. How do you think the church went forward and went on? It continued even amidst persecution. It's because you can't, it's like trying to hold water in your hand. You can't do it. But then it falls and it lands in a cup or in a puddle and it becomes water. You know, it's, it's together again. And so that is what we are, church. We are, we are gathered together and we need to be gathered together because we are the church when we are gathered together. Because you see, there, there are some things that really can't take place without us gathering. In Scripture, in, in Colossians 3.16, it says that there's teaching and admonishing one another, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Just to give you a, a teaser... Luke here, no pressure. In, uh, in two weeks, he's going to be preaching a sermon on why we sing, right? 
What's so important about us gathering? Why, why, why do we sing when we gather? But again, when we're, when we're together and we're lifting up our songs and our hymns, again, think it was just great today. This is perfect timing because we were gathered together and inside here, you can really hear our voices together because we're lifting one another up through our singing together. And so again, teaching and admonishing. Again, if I'm standing, not that I do this in front of the mirror and practice preaching, I wouldn't admit it if I did, but... I'm not really like, you know, preaching and like, oh man, brother, that's good, you know, and I don't have those conversations with myself because I'm not in the church. I'm not with the church yet. I'm, I'm preparing to be gathered together. And so again, to teach and admonish, and look what it says. What, you guys, is it up there? What does that say? Teaching and admonishing what? You don't need, you don't need, a pastor to teach and to build up one another. Now, I appreciate you guys, Jeff. I like being here, okay? Don't, <laughs> I want to stay here, but no, but you can do that with one another, can't you? When you get together, you know, and you share, and you can teach each other, you can admonish each other, you can sing songs together, you know, wherever you're at in a small group. It's gathering, and they can't take place in a vacuum. Uh, reading scripture publicly, again, if I'm not around people, <laughs> it's kind of hard to be publicly reading anything. So again, we have to gather, encouraging one another. It's throughout. It's in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Uh, sharing the Lord's Supper. That's why it's important to us here at the church. Every first Sunday of the month, we take the Lord's Supper. What? Do we say, hey, just we toss out communion cups? Here you go. Go ahead and, you know, on your way home, just knock one back. I'll share this funny story. I was in the office the other day and I brought my son Joshua with me. And Joshua has this way, he's always good to surprise you with something. And so I'm sitting in my office getting some work done and he'd come with me just to get out of the house and I'm, I think I was sitting in my chair in my office, you know, and, and he comes walking in with a communion cup out of the fridge. He's like, you know? He'd already eaten the little bread thing out of the bottom and I'm just like, Josh, I mean, come on, can we, can we come up with something? <laughs> He's like, yeah, Dad, but I didn't want to drink water, and this is all you got in the fridge. So I was like, okay, good point, but, you know, you could at least share it so we could get biblical here, you know, we could have done it together uh, just to make it count. But why do we do the Lord's Supper here? Because we need to do it together. We, we, we do it together, we gather together, we share the Lord's Supper. First uh, Corinthians 10, 17, and, 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 and chapter 11 as well. But none of these things can happen in a vacuum, can they? We do, it, we do this together. You see, anytime Christians gather, we should have fellowship. And something happens when we fellowship. And again, if you're not a part of the church world, you know, it's, you know fellowship is, is really just, just journeying with one another, you know, building each, what we're talking about, right? Sharing with one another. Um, and so, again, gathering together, and we need this, this, this fellowship and something happens um, in Acts chapter 2, verses 46 through 47. It says, and day by day, and you guys should all have this down, right? Because we already went through this chapter in Acts out there. But I know you guys are going back in your notes right now. But it says, um, Acts chapter 2, 46 and 47, it says, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Again, there's something about gathering together. There's something about doing life together. And that's kind of, there's a phrase that we use a lot around here is we do our life together, don't we? 
you know, we have, we have uh, life groups in this church. You know, those are smaller groups that meet. Um, we have different things, you know, the, the blood drive or the songs by the fire. We have many options and opportunities for us to gather together and to do life together. And this is what we see. It's just really sharing our life with one another, isn't it? I love, I love this church. I love it because when there's people that are hurting in this church, even when it's just like raw, just real needs, we, we are, you guys are great. You step up, you meet them, what can we do? How can we do it? You guys, when we had um, Levi, sorry, I'm still getting his name down, my fourth son, um, you know, you guys bless us with meals. You know, that was, that was just huge, huge thing. So you guys, it's just amazing, and, and you guys do this very well. You, you bless others, and you journey through difficult seasons with others. And so, again, when we gather together, and we do these things, and we have fellowship, we are sharing, really, the very life of God. We share life with one another, not just ours, but, but the Lord. I mean, God, it's, again, it says Jesus is the head of the church. We are the body of Christ, right? You know, there's a sharing of God's life when we come together. Fellowship is much more than just gathering together uh, for a church service or function, although there's really nothing wrong with that. It's true fellowship is God's life flowing from one believer to another. This is why any given Sunday, we come in here in different conditions, don't we? Some of us had a really amazing week, some of us not so much. And so during that time, again, you don't have to wait till the sermon, you don't have to wait till the service starts. I see it throughout. In fact, even after the service starts, you guys are still having conversations in the back, right? Okay. <laughs> no, but it's great. That's why we don't stop and say, hey, could you all just kind of mosey? No, because what are you doing? You're sharing a lot, you're, you're building one another up in those conversations. And so again, it's, it's life-giving. One dictionary definition says that the Greek word for fellowship means to make alive and to give life. Think about that. When we fellowship with one another, we're, we're make, bringing life to something. We're, we're making something alive. We're to be givers and sharers of God's life. We are to be sharers of the very life of God. We are supposed to share this life with others. You know, this little light of mine, remember? Let it shine. You're going to put it under a bush? Oh, <laughs> No, we're not supposed to hide it, are we? We're supposed to share it because it brings life. And how does this happen outside of community? You know, gathering together is really and truly how the world sees that we love one another. And again, when people walk through this church, I hear it. I, and maybe we'll start sharing some of these like, comments that when, when new people come to the church and things that they write, they're just like, this, the congregation here, or they don't use that word usually, but the people here are just amazing. Like I felt so welcomed. I felt so uh, accepted and a part, and it was my first time here. Because what is, what's happening there? You know, we are, again, we're, we're loving one another. And, and I want you to think about this now. When, when we do things or we, we treat people in the body of Christ in a way that's not loving or that is not right, what are we doing? We're not just taking something out on that person, but you're now bringing a, a discredit to the body of Christ. Because, again, I've seen it and I've heard the comments where, where there's really ugly things that happen in a church. And people are saying, I can get that out in the world. You guys are supposed to have the answer. Why are you treating each other?